Well, good morning, faith, family, and friends. Let me begin by saying um, it is so good to know that even though we are separated by so many miles, we are able to worship together with one another this morning. I know that these are some very trying days for all of us. There are many unknowns within our world and many unknowns across our country. We know this. But we also know that our God is bigger than any virus, don't we? And we also know that we have a promise in Scripture that God has not given us a spirit of fear, has he? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Let me begin by saying I am praying for each and every one of you. I'm praying that the Lord will be with you during this very unfamiliar time. Our staff is praying for you. Our leadership team is praying for you. And as a faith family, let's pray for one another. We are praying for those of you who are on the front lines also, our healthcare professionals that are dealing with this virus day in and day out. We're praying for your safety, and we're also praying for you as you minister to those that come across your tables and into your rooms, that God will use you to share the gospel with each and every one of them. Beginning tomorrow morning, every home becomes a schoolhouse. We are praying for you moms and dads and grandparents as you begin this new normal. I'm also praying that you will make sure that during this time, you don't let just the, the textbooks that your kids brought home from their schools to be the only source of education that they get. Use this as an opportunity to instill God's word into your children. Use this as an opportunity to invest in them, to invest God's word into them. We are praying for you seniors. We know that you are the most vulnerable to this virus. We are praying for your protection as, as, you, um, as you avoid crowds. If there's anything we can do for you, please let us know. You need groceries? We want to get you groceries. You need supplies? We want to help you with those supplies. If you can avoid getting out, let us help you. We're in this together. You know, as I was preparing for this message this morning, um, very, very new thing for all of us having to do church online like this. I know that there are some churches that have been doing this for a while, but Friendship Baptist Church, we haven't. And so this is new to us. And as I was preparing, I came across a couple of, of, of memes that I thought were kind of humorous. Um, I think that during trying days, we, we need to be able to laugh a little bit, laugh at ourselves and laugh with one another. And one of the ones that I came across was, this is your pilot speaking. I'm working from home today. We pastors spend a lot of time trashing tele-evangelists. Now, all of a sudden, all of us are tele-evangelists. And just like that, prayer and spanking are back in school. Reasons to watch church online. No parking issues. You can refill your coffee cup anytime you want. You can watch in your PJs. And most importantly of all is you can mute the pastor. But please don't do that. 
I believe that the Lord has given us a word this morning, and, and let's dive into God's word this morning. If you are um, not familiar with Friendship Baptist Church, we've been walking through a sermon, sermon series through the book of James, and our title is A Faith That Works. And over the past several weeks, we've been looking at a few different disciplines found within the book of James. One of them is this, faith demonstrates sacrificial care, takes care of the least of these, and all of us find ourselves in a place now where we need help from one another. Faith is proven by our works. Faith is proven by our words. And true Christians live wisely. Our title this morning is Worldliness and COVID-19. And our message point is our relationships with one another affect our relationships with God. James wrote this book to scattered believers those that used to represent the church that he pastored in, in Jerusalem. But when persecution came, all of these believers began to scatter throughout the known world. And now James writes to them to encourage them. And even though we're scattered this morning, we're able to come together and be encouraged by God's Word, aren't we? So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 4. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 10 together. And before we do that, before we dive into our points this morning, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you now, Father, recognizing that, that this is um, uncharted territory for us as a faith family. And even for many of our friends that are joining us this morning. And Father, we ask now, Lord Jesus, that even though we are separated by miles, that you will allow your word to penetrate deep into our hearts, Father. May every single one of us be changed and transformed by your word, Father. Lord, we know that there are some, some, some real struggles that we're dealing with. There is um, elements of fear when it comes to our jobs. There is elements of anxiousness when it comes to our, our health. And Father, we ask that you will just um, help us to give all of those things over to you. And find ourselves, um, Father, just relying upon you and turning to you and looking unto you. And Father, I also pray, Lord, that during these trying days, during these days of self-isolation, Lord, that you help us to do life with our families well together. Lord, we know that oftentimes the pressure of the outside world finds its way into our homes and into our church houses. And those are some of the things that we're going to look at this morning. So give us wisdom this morning and speak to each one of our hearts this morning. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the first point that we're going to look at this morning is this. Avoid conflicts. You know, we are living in some chaotic days. But when James wrote this book, he was living in the midst of chaos as well. To be a Christian in the first century was not an easy thing to be. Believers, left and right, were dying for their faith. They were persecuted for their faith. They were imprisoned for their faith. They were forced even to renounce their faith. And many of these scattered believers were left homeless. They were left jobless. They were left impoverished. And much was going on, and you know as well as I do that much is going on in our lives today. And we know that when there is pressure outside of the doors of our homes and of our church houses, oftentimes that pressure finds its way into our homes and into our fellowship as well. 
Notice what God's Word says in James chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. We read these words. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Some of your translations say, where do wars and fights come from? At the heart of most conflict is a selfish heart, isn't it? A desire to obtain something that we do not have. And where selfishness exists, there will be internal battles within us. James says, is not this that your passions are at war within you? How often do you fight with another person because you did not get your way? Or you fight because of what someone else did that you did not approve of? If there is ever going to be a time when you and I are going to find ourselves at war with one another, it will be during times like this, during days when we are trapped in our homes, having to self-isolate from the outside world. You know, I love my family, but there is just so much of me that they can stand. I have a tendency to get under the skin of my wife and under the skin of my children. And if I am not careful, and if you are not careful, the days that are in front of us could cause us to not get stronger as believers, but to actually grow weaker and wearier and more fearful and more anxious. So what happens within us will eventually find its way out of us, right? So there is also these external battles that will occur. In James 4, 2 through 3, he speaks of these. He says, you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You know, as I read through this passage of scripture, I think about a person that is a ticking time bomb. I think all of us know people like that, don't we? They seem perfectly normal most of the time, but if you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, all of a sudden they activate, a, a trigger is activated, and you better watch out, right? You know, I think King David was one of those type characters. One of those biblical men that sometimes was a ticking time bomb. And when that trigger was activated, you better watch out because he's, gonna, because he's going to um, react in a way that, that many times is not wholesome. One of those examples is, is the story of, of David and Bathsheba. We all know the story. One day, David was out looking, and he had an internal desire, and he looked out over his rooftop, and he saw Bathsheba as she was bathing. And he looked on her, and he wanted her, and he got her. And what happened is that one sin led to another sin that led to another sin, and then another sin, and eventually what you have is you have Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, murdered. That story reminds us that anything is possible when we allow that which is planted within us from the pit of hell to get out of us. You and I may not commit murder to get what we want, but we can certainly react in ways that are not wholesome. Especially, we can become a ticking time bomb towards our spouse or our children or our co-workers or our family. And friends, and we need to guard against that. In the latter part of verse 2, again, we read, You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. 
James makes it clear that one of the reasons that you and I do not have that which we desire is because we do not ask. All of us have desires. We all have concerns. May we, we even have hurts during these days. We may be anxious. We may be fearful this morning. You and I can act upon these emotions or we can turn to the Lord and pray and ask for wisdom. And we're promised in Scripture that if we pray for wisdom, we're going to receive the wisdom that we need. We looked at that last Sunday, and we looked at that a few weeks ago when we began our James sermon series. But in James 1.5 we read, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. You know, in the midst of the coronavirus, now is not the time to go at life alone, is it? It's now time for us to rage war against the devil and to rely upon the strength of one another as we do life with one another. Now is the time for us to turn to the Lord and seek the Lord for his wisdom. At the heart of both internal and external battles, there is a spiritual battle going on as well. We read in verses 4 and 5, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is no purpose that the Scripture says he yearns jealousy, jealously over the Spirit that he is made to dwell in us? What does it mean to be a friend of the world? It means that we pursue after the pleasures of the world instead of after the Lord. This is a picture of idolatry, isn't it? It is a picture of worshiping man-made gods. Idolatry was a serious problem in the first century. And guess what? It's a serious problem in our century as well. Think about what has happened over the past few weeks. How many of our man-made gods have been taken from us? Professional sports. I'm a huge professional sports fan. Just like that, baseball has been delayed. Basketball has been delayed. Many sports have been canceled altogether. College sports, the, the March Madness has been canceled. And many of you, man, that's one of the things you live for. That idol's been taken away. High school sports, many of those idols have been taken away. Concerts are not happening right now. Plays are not happening right now. Movie theaters are shut down. <clears throat> The list goes on and on. Never in my life have I witnessed what we are witnessing right now. Yes, it is bad. It is terrible. But much good can also come from this, can't it? God can use this to light a fire under each and every one of us. He can use this to lead us away from being a friend of this world to becoming passionate disciples of His. And you know what a passionate disciple of Jesus becomes? They become a disciple maker, don't they? Imagine what could happen as a result of what we're having to this new normal that we're in right now. Imagine what would happen if we began to invest the gospel into lost people. And that lost person accepts Christ, and that lost person accepts Christ, and, and they become disciple makers. And before long, just as this virus has swept the world, imagine what the gospel can do across the world as well. <clears throat> 
A.W. Tozer said, a whole generation of Christians has come up believing that it is possible to accept Christ without forsaking the world. We can't live both in the world and, and be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. It just doesn't happen. We've got to guard ourselves during these days against becoming couch potatoes, against becoming vegetables in front of the TV, watching Netflix and Prime and Disney Plus and all these other things. You know, Friday morning, Danny and I, we went to um, Sam's. And if you walk into Sam's, you're familiar that you're greeted by the electronics, right? You're greeted by these massive television screens. And I picked, I, I, I looked upon an 82-inch LG ultra-high-definition television. And let me tell you something. I thought to myself, I could do some serious self-isolation in front of that television. You know, for a moment there, I caught myself becoming a friend of the world and, and, and seeing myself using the days that are in front of me isolating from the world instead of growing in my relationship with the Lord. You and I serve a jealous God who wants to spend time with us. During these days, do not forsake your time with the Lord. Pray. Read the Bible. Hide Scripture in your heart. Listen to sermons from godly men that you know. Prayer walk your neighborhood. Connect with growth group classes and check in on one another. Most importantly, let's grow, grow, grow during these days. Notice the solution to the worldliness that we often get caught up in. Here's what happens when we pursue after the Lord. Notice what we read in verses 6 through 10. But he gives more grace, therefore it says... God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. You know, God is jealous for you. He wants you and he wants more of you than you could ever imagine. You and I are his bride. And we are the bride of Christ. And he is not willing to share us with anyone, is he? You know, I love my wife. She is my bride. And I want you to know right now that, that I am jealous for her. I'm not willing to share her with anyone. And that's how God is for us. He's not willing to share us with anyone. He loves us. And he wants us to passionately pursue after him just like he passionately pursues after us. I want you to know that there is one person right now enjoying the state of our world. It's the devil. The devil is loving what's going on right now. He loves the fact that our government offices are shutting down. He loves the fact that we are in verbal wars with other countries. He loves the fact that you and I are not meeting in this church house doing worship this morning. And we're having to do it like we're doing. He's loving this. He's loving the fact that our economy is, 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 is in, in one of its most difficult days ever. He loves that. But you know what? 
God can take that which, which, which the devil is trying to, to, to use for evil and he can make much good come out of this. Let's, let's look at ways that we as believers can grow stronger in our relationship with the Lord. Notice solution number one, it's this. Live humbly. In verse six we read, but he gives more grace. Therefore it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes those who find themselves a friend of the world, doesn't he? Once again, God is jealous, and he wants you, and he wants me, and and he is not willing to share us with anyone, especially the devil and his devilish ways. He's called us to to be humble. And, And for some of us, that's difficult, isn't it? D.L. Moody used to pray, Lord, make me humble, but don't let me know it. None of us like to be told what to do. Right now it seems like we're being told what to do, right? We're being told where we can go, when we can go, how we can go, what we can and can't do. It's difficult right now. And as a church, we can push back or we can live humbly. And I think right now, today is the time that we humble ourselves We humble ourselves and turn to the Lord and seek the Lord and pray to the Lord and ask Him to give us wisdom. The Lord calls us to surrender our pride and to live humbly. Also, we are called to live submissively. In verse 7 we read, Submit yourselves therefore to God. To submit means to draw near. You and I can fight the Lord. We can kick and scream and demand our way or we can surrender our lives over to the Lord. Think about your life before you became a Christian. If you were like me, you became a Christian as a, as a little, as, as an adolescent. And so there probably wasn't a whole lot of fighting and kicking and screaming that you did before you became a Christ follower, but some of you became a believer later on in your life, and there was indeed some kicking and screaming that you went through, right? We need to be careful that during these days we don't kick and scream demanding our ways, but we live in submission to the Lord. There was a day that came when all of us that are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we surrendered our lives over to Him. We surrendered our lives over to His Lordship and acknowledged Him as our Savior. We repented of our sins and we said, Lord Jesus, use us. We surrender over to you. And you know what happened that day? We became a new creation, a new believer, a new person set free. And as free individuals set free by Jesus Christ, we can weather whatever storm is before us. James is reminding us this morning that we need to continually submit ourselves to the Lord and draw near to Him. Notice also, we are to live courageously. The Bible says, James wrote, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I love this. This is both a command that we are given and a promise as well. Tony Evans shares in his commentary, don't underestimate Satan. He is stronger than you, smarter than you, and has been practicing his craft for millennia. There is only one way to defeat him. The same way the king of kings resisted him by speaking scripture. Just like the devil fled from Jesus when Jesus resisted him, we have the same promise in scripture that he will flee from us 
when we call upon the name of Jesus and we command him to go away. Again, we must not underestimate Satan. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. During these days, you can be certain that Satan is working overtime. We must be on our guard. We must be prayerful. We must be watchful. In, a, in, in accordance with the words of Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and beyond, we must put on the, the full armor of God. Satan is going to hurl those far, fiery darts our way, and we need to be armored up and ready to repel those darts when they come our way. Notice next, we are to live pursuantly. And we've already looked at this a little bit, but we, we see in verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What do we do during days like this? We draw near to God. We grow, we grow, we grow. We grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as First Peter our second Peter 3.18 commands us to do. Let's be men, women, students, and children of prayer. Let's read God's word. Let's study God's word. Let's hide God's word in our heart. And let's use the platform that the Lord has given us to share his word, whether that be via social media or, 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 or social distancing ourselves from other people. Let's share the good news of salvation with those that we come in contact with. And then we're instructed to live purely. We read here, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What we're called to do is we are called to cleanse our hands. Why? Because they are dirty with sin, is what this passage of Scripture is talking about. And we know the importance today of having clean hands, don't we? Because anywhere and everywhere we go, we're seeing signs that said, clean your hands, Wash your hands. In fact, we're instructed to do it for how long? 20 seconds. We are to wash our hands with soap and water for 20 seconds. Imagine if we started taking advantage of those 20 seconds that we were given. And we use those to pray for cleansing. Pray for cleansing of our hearts and of our hands. To pray for forgiveness of our sins. To pray for the coronavirus to be defeated. To pray for our families. To pray for our temperament during these days of self-isolation. To pray for growth in our relationship with the Lord. And to pray for salvation for the lost. Imagine what would happen if we took advantage of these 20 seconds in these days that are in front of us to, front of us to become prayer warriors. You get the idea. We are to live purely, internally and externally. And then also we are to live truthfully. In verse 9 we read, Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Now that's a pretty depressing verse, isn't it? It kind of seems appropriate when we think about the current state of our world, doesn't it? Because there is a lot of mourning going on. There is a lot of weeping going on. There is a lot of, of joy, joylessness and not much laughter during these days. As, we, as much mourning is happening as we look at our 401ks be cut in half or our jobs disappearing 
or, or our social circles collapsing around us. I know some of you, man, you are social beings. All of us were created to, to fellowship with one another. What did the Lord say of Adam? It was not good for him to be alone, so he gave him Eve. It is not good for any of us to be alone and to have to social distance right now. This is one of the hardest things for some of you, especially if you're an extrovert. Use this as an opportunity to focus on your relationship with the Lord and to use the platforms the Lord has given us to interact with other people. And then as we close this morning, we're reminded again of the need to live humbly or to live lowly. In verse 10 we read, Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will exalt you. Within the kingdom of God, the way up is always down, isn't it? Down in that we surrender our pridefulness and our ways over to the Lord. When we do this, we are told that we will be exalted into the heavenlies. When we get low before the Lord and we cast our sins at the feet of the Lord and we turn to Him to be our Lord and our Savior, we are given a promise in Scripture that we will be saved. And as saved individuals, we're given the promise that we will spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. One day, all of us are going to be exalted into the heavenlies that are believers in Jesus Christ. But in order to get there, we have to humble ourselves first. We have to live low. Get low before the Lord. Folks, we have been forced to slow down. So slow down and get low. Let's be people of prayer during these days. Let's surrender our lives over to Jesus' lordship. Let's resist the devil because the devil is going to come our way. And the only way we're going to defeat the devil is to resist him. And one way to resist him is to resist him by quoting scripture. Take God's word. Hide it in your heart. Be prepared when he comes a knocking to, to, to send him a walking. Let us get right with the Lord. Let us grow. Let us go. And let us live humbly. Let us use this time to get low before the Lord and to grow. And we're promised in Scripture that if we will do that, if we will get low and humble ourselves, we will experience the blessings of the Lord. You know, you may be um, watching us this morning. You may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you were to die today, you do not know where you'd spend eternity. I want to invite you this morning to make the greatest decision that you could ever make. And that is to repent of your sins and to cry out to Jesus and ask him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. And the Bible says if you will do that, you shall be saved. So if you don't know Jesus, cry out to Jesus. Cry out to him this morning and make him the Lord and Savior of your life. You may think that your life has no hope, but I want you to know right now, you can find hope even in the midst of perceived hopelessness because we know that God is still on his throne this morning. We know that God is still in control and we know that we're gonna get on the other side of the coronavirus. And man, let's get on the other side and let's be stronger believers than we are today. Let's be a stronger church on the other side of this than we are today. Use these days to grow. Because there's going to come a time when we get back together and we're promising Scripture that iron sharpens iron. And if we're sharpening our, our blades outside of the doors of the church today, when we come back together as a church, we will be an unstoppable force. Let's pray together. Father God, we do come before you now. Lord, just once again.
thanking you, Father, just be, for being Lord. Thanking you for being Savior. Thanking you, Father, for still being in control. Even in the midst of the chaos that we find ourselves in today, we can still live fearless lives because we know that you are on your throne and you're in control. Father, I pray now that if there's someone that is watching this video this morning that does not have a relationship with you, that today will be the day of their salvation. Father, there may be some that are watching this video that have strayed away from you, and today is the day that they need to get right with you, Father, and I pray that that will happen. I pray for every mom, every dad, every grandparent, every student, and every child during these very... Um, turbulent days, Lord, that these will be days that they will, they will take advantage of, that I will take advantage of, that my family will take advantage of, that we as a church family will take advantage of, and that we will grow in our relationship with you so that we can become stronger and not weaker. Father, we love you. First, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let me tell you, thank you for joining us. I know that this has been difficult for most of us. Um, for some of you, though, you probably have hit pause a few times and you've gone to fill, fill your coffee cup up. Thank you for coming back and watching us. Let me make just a couple of announcements. Um, first of all, tomorrow we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want you to know over the next 21 days, I'm going to be posting some videos um, up to um, both our YouTube channel and also to Facebook. And so we can walk through these 21 days of fasting and prayer together. Hopefully you, you picked up one of our, our, our prayer guides or you received one in the email. If you didn't, um, on our Facebook site, just say, hey, can you post that? And we'll do that. But we want to pray together and walk together during these times. Um, we're not going to have Wednesday night service um, until, you know, things get back up um, and running normally. Um, I do know next week we will, we will do this again. Um, hopefully that will be the last time and we can come back together and worship, but we're just going to have to kind of play it by ear. So let's be prayerful during these days. Let's stay connected with one another. Call one another. Call your growth groups. Call your leaders. Call your friends. Call your enemies. Let's stay connected with one another. Use the platforms that the Lord has given us to share the gospel with one another also. And then um, another thing, just so that you know, hopefully by the end of this week, online giving will begin. Um, so looking forward to that, and, and we'll, we'll send something out on that. And then let's keep our vision 2020 before us, 20 salvations, 20 baptism, and 40 additions. Thank you, and God bless you.